Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. God of Revenge. That is the title of this podcast. One of the most devastating consequences, if atheism was to be true, is that people never pay for what they've done and they never get rewarded for what they've done in this life. Then all are to be pitied beyond imagination and the world is obscure. This and more coming in this podcast on this third week of February 2022. It's Friday here by me, 25th of February. This is Fishing for Men with Mac, where we talk about all the topics uh, surrounding different worldviews, about the Bible and societal questions that touch on theology. It's episode 76, and I'm speaking here from Durban, South Africa. It's good to have you listen in. And I've just spent some time this morning uh, watching the news, listening to the um, reports globally about what is taking place in the Ukraine. And indeed, it's a it's a very scary time that we find ourselves in. And, and possibly we um, are driven into fear. I'd like you to know that there exists a God who is in control. He knows about everything that's going to happen before it happens. He's aware of the pain that is happening currently. He's aware of the future. And he's definitely aware of Vladimir Putin and he is going to sort him out for sure. There's no action that you can do in this world that will not have a reaction in eternity. When at the end of all things, when everything measures out, uh, everything will be balanced out uh, and punishments and rewards will be dished out because we live in a world with moral equilibrium. Well, we live in a in a plan designed by God with moral equilibrium. In other, thing, in other words, everything will eventually turn out to be fair. Now, I, I think, you know, in, in my heart and my mind, I'm supposed to doing, be doing a podcast this morning on the Ukraine story. Uh, but I think I'll, I'll reserve that for next week until we know a little bit more. But I'd like to share with you uh, some thoughts that I prepared earlier in the week to share. And it starts off with a personal snippet from my life to introduce the topic for us today. And it's going to end with this uh, with this story as well, this personal snippet in my life, uh, because things have also changed since I started to write this podcast on Monday. We had, a, as me and my family, we had a smashing uh, November, December. In the middle of November, that's November last year, right? My boy fell um, off the side turned trampoline and smashed his elbow into brokenness on the ground. He tried to elbow the planet. Uh, his elbow came second. And then obviously after that, it would, it was, there was operations and we had an operation again for him recently where they took out the pins from his arm. But in case a week later after that accident, uh, of freedom, my lovely wife, she, she, um, she smashed the front left side of the car, of our car, into a rock on one of the dirt, ro- dirt roads close to us. Um, so, so that caused damage on the car. And then the next day, I took the car into town to go evaluate the, the, the damage. And I stopped at a shop just to get some food quickly. And when I got back to my car, lo and behold, somebody had um, driven, reversed probably, into the, uh, the, the the right-hand front door of my car, my, my driver's, dr- driver's seat car. And uh, so I get to my car and you know I couldn't climb in the door, so I just walked back a bit and 
I um, took photos. You know, as my Christian faith dictates, you know, stay calm. And so I stayed calm, took some photos. Now I've got a car that um, has been smashed on two sides. Uh, nobody was around, so I didn't even know who drove into my car. I climbed in by the other door, by the passenger door, just to get in behind the steering wheel so I could drive home, you know, and deal with it later. And, and just as I wanted to start the car, a man knocked on my window. And he said to me, man, you know what, sorry, I've, I've been sitting over there in the restaurant. I've been waiting to see whose car this is so that I can resolve it with this person. Um, you know, I reversed into your car and I'd just like to, to, to give you my details and to take your details so I can uh, get all of this sorted out by the insurance, etc., etc. And it just struck me. Here was a man who had an opportunity to walk away from from paying quite a bit of damage. I think that was something like 14,000 Rand. That's about $1,000 that it would cost to fix this door. He could have walked away, but he had integrity. It's as if he knew that there's, there's, there's a God who's watching everything you do when nobody else does. As if there was this, uh, this, this constant eye watching us and holding us accountable. And if you, if you harm somebody in this life, it's very possible that you will be harmed in this life as well by somebody else. You know, we always use the term, uh, the wheel turns. Be very careful to stab somebody in the back. Be very careful when you walk around that you don't get stabbed in the back. That's sort of the idea. And so it was wonderful to meet this gentleman. And he, he basically paid for everything and the door was fixed. And I salute him. Uh, I actually got his name here with me, uh, Brian Tennyson, and I just want to honor him and, and say, well, well done that you had that type of integrity. Now, let's move on two months, okay, to about two, three weeks ago. I had just fixed the car. The door is neat, the front left side, everything is sorted, got new tires even on the car, had a new spray paint job, and I get a call from my precious wife. Somebody had crossed a stop street, okay, didn't stop, and nicked off our car's whole front bumper as, as Alfreda came along. In actual fact, we think the chassis might be a little bit bent as well. So Alfreda phoned me in a panic. Um, obviously, I drove there as quickly as I can. She says, here's a guy next to the road, and, and you know, they're busy resolving the issue, but please come. And the man responsible was there. Uh, the whole accident was caught on CCTV cameras with the neighborhood watch. And so we had the video. And the man promised high and low. He said, you know, I'm a Christian. And he spoke so nicely. You could see he's such a nice, genuine Afrikaans man. And he said to us, you know what? You don't have to worry about anything. There's no debate here. This accident was, was my fault. Well, it's actually his driver from his business that, that made the accident. He said, no, his dad is in insurance and they will pay for all the damages uh, you know, we, you know, this guy was clearly in the wrong. We shook hands and I'm very comfortable and I'm very happy about this. Lo and behold, since then he has ignored all our messages. He never came back to us. He said he was going to open a case by the police. He never did that. We went and did that. And, you know, when things like this happen, you know, three months ago I meet a man who could have avoided me and I would have had to pay for the damage. Now I meet a guy who um, clearly is, is a very nice guy, and he says, you know what, we'll sort it all out. And he, and, and he says he's going to, but he ignores my messages. And it leaves you sort of angry and bitter, because now I've got to go take uh, my children, my family's money, uh, scrape it together somewhere, 
and I've got to go and, and fix the vehicle so that it can be roadworthy. And he walks away with a smile. He gets to um, be a person of low integrity. And by the way, on his, on his profile, he's got all kinds of Jesus pictures. And you know, you've, you've met those people. Oh, they love Jesus, but they don't walk in his footsteps. Right? And so I had one option. And everybody tells me this is the option that I need to take. I need to open a lawsuit against him. I must sue him for the damages. Now, I'll be honest with you. I've never done something like that. I don't like doing stuff like that. That's like, you know, Paul says, you know, we, we don't wage war as the world wages war. That's how the world wages war. I said, no, I'm, I'm going to, I actually don't want to do that. But, and two weeks go by and I just, don't seem to be able to get myself to do it and it's simple i've got all the evidence i've got his name i've got i've got the licenses i've got the 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 police record i've got the video the evidence is there he must pay for this i keep on thinking throughout this two weeks maybe he's just struggling maybe he's financially not doing well and he doesn't know how to tell me but then the hard voice comes into my head Especially when I think about the bill I would have to pay. The money I would have to take from my children to pay for his mistake. The voices go like this. If I don't sue him, he will get away with this. If I don't sue him, he will get away with this. He gets to move on with his life and I have to pay. He's a scoundrel and a dishonest thief-like human. He needs to pay. The one thought that keeps pushing me towards opening a court case is the idea that he will get away with it. That he will not pay for what he's done. And I can imagine he's smiling. Knowing that we will do nothing. I want to prove him wrong. I want to be there when the policeman drops off the, the, the summons. To come to court at his house. I want to be there to see his face. But then of course. Jesus comes into the picture for me. While hanging on a cross, he could have called 10,000 angels to destroy the people hurting him. But he didn't. Can you imagine how many people walked away from the cross thinking, Oh, this is a good day. We're going down to the pub to celebrate having crucified another few guys today. Thinking that what they've done is a great thing. Smiling, little knowing that they've murdered. Peter tells us about Jesus. When they hurled their insults at him, he did not retaliate. When he suffered, he made no threats. Instead, he entrusted himself to him who judges justly. That's 1 Peter 2 verse 23. That is loaded. They threw insults at him. He did not retaliate. When he suffered, he made no threats and said, Oh, you guys will suffer. You just wait a little bit. I'm going to get you from heaven. You know. Instead, he entrusted himself to him who judges justly. The New Testament tells us that he went like a lamb to the slaughter to the cross he did not think about revenge on the people who hurt him but he asked father forgive them for they don't know what they are doing and here i am in this situation and, and maybe you've been in a situation like this and it's I, I think about this guy and i think to myself you know can, can i actually pray this father forgive this man for he doesn't know what he's doing now that's simply crazy isn't it something within us burns when unfair things happen doesn't it but listen again to the last section of Peter's text. It says the following. Jesus entrusted himself to him who judges justly. What does that mean? Well, when I judge, it might be a little bit skew. Only God sees things objectively. 
I might be too harsh on this guy, or I might not be harsh enough. But God knows exactly what he deserves. And so sometimes we've got to leave justice to God. Maybe this guy's going through a horrible time. And by me throwing an extra summons into his life, will will maybe even lead to a divorce, lead to a divorce, or maybe something happened to his, to his child, or I, I don't know. I, I, I don't know. That's why Jesus says, you know what, I'll leave the judgment to God. The, the, the second thing that it means is that I must let God judge rather. He can do a better job. I must be careful to try bring people to justice since I might not be able to do a good enough job. And generally, I think we judge one another harsher than what we deserve. We are not very gracious. Now, that doesn't mean we should bring people to, that we, we should um, not bring people to justice. Sometimes it just isn't possible to bring people to justice. And sometimes we allow such situations to make us bitter. Now, imagine I go and open a lawsuit. I need to pay a lawyer for this guy. How much of my time and energy do you think would it potentially take? Does the court system always bring about accurate judgment? Is all the effort with possible failure worth it? Especially if you might be fighting against a corrupt lawyer who can twist the facts. And perhaps that is why Paul says to the Christians in Rome, Do not repay anyone evil for evil. Be careful to do what is right in the eyes of everyone. It's not always everybody that's correct. Because most people out there would say to me, go sue him. Go to the police station. He must pay for what he's done. But Paul says, be careful to do what is right in the eyes of everyone. If it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with all men. Do not take revenge, my friends. But leave room for God's wrath. For it is written, it is mine to avenge, I will repay, says the Lord. On the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him something to drink. In doing this, you will heap burning coals on his head. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. That's Romans 12, 17 to 21. I think this text hits the nail on the head for, Christ, for the Christians in Rome. They were about to face some serious persecution from pagans. They were living in a place where the three most dangerous words that you could say was, Jesus is Lord. You see, because when you said that, you implied that Caesar isn't. And it was a time of rife emperor worship. People worship the emperor. So when you say Jesus is Lord, you're implying, well, the emperor isn't. And that in itself was punishable by death. Nero was a Roman emperor. He burned Christians. He would have a party in his garden and he would impale the Christians. He would dip them in tar, impale them on, on, on large wooden poles in his, in his garden as he was having party. Then he would set them alight to provide light for his garden party. He would also take uh, Christians. He would um, clothe them up with wet animal skins, animals that have been slaughtered. Put them in the arena with wild animals, with predators like lions and tigers to be eaten by these animals. He was a vicious person. And here Paul says to these Christians who live in those circumstances, he says, hey guys, the temptation would be to take matters into your own hands. You'd like to maybe lead a rebellion, maybe kill the emperor, maybe start a, you know, some uprising. 
but you can't touch the emperor. You, 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 you're going to fail. The Roman, the Roman army will destroy you guys. So don't, don't try to take revenge. Leave room for God's wrath. Do not, let me, let God sort him out. Leave room for God. Leave this guy to me. A lot of people in Ukraine absolutely hate Putin currently. Let me tell you this, guys. Let me tell you this. God will deal with Putin. Every person that is killed by a bullet, every person, God will remember that and will hold Vladimir Putin accountable in this life, if not in this life, in eternity. He will not get away with this. And that is sort of the decision that I came up with regards to the crash guy. I'm just going to leave him to God. Now I'm going to get back to that story. I'm going to conclude with that story. Because there's been some interesting developments. But this brings me to a very important aspect of today's podcast. One of the most reasonable arguments against atheism is the idea that atheism suggests that there will be no ultimate justice or reward for what we do in this life. And this contradicts our sense of fairness and justice that we have in our hearts. We know since we are children from a very young age, we know that fairness exists. This is the reason why people are upset with God, because people experienced unfairness in this world according to their own opinion. But if atheism is true, if atheism is true, nothing should be fair. There should be no expectation of justice. In other words, people get away literally with murder. And I've used this example before. Hitler. Adolf Hitler killed millions of Jews. Six million they calculate. And then just before he was going to be caught, imprisoned or whatever, or receive some form of justice, he killed himself. In other words, Hitler never paid. He escaped judgment. Now, if you subscribe to an atheistic worldview, then God doesn't exist. And then Hitler got away with it. And all those six million Jews who died innocently... They will never get rewarded for what they've experienced and the brutality that they've experienced with their short lives here on earth. They will never be rewarded for that if God does not exist. And you see, here's the problem. Because we know in our hearts there's something sinister and so wrong with that. Ultimately, there has to be justice. And so this is one of the big reasonable arguments against atheism. And I'm busy uh, studying a book called Reasonable Faith by William Lane Craig. And one of the sections deals specifically with that. And I would like to read that for you um, just briefly. A second problem for the atheist is that if God does not exist and there is no immortality, then all the evil acts of men go unpunished and all the sacrifices of good men go unrewarded. But who can live with such a view? Richard Wurmbrandt, who has been tortured for his faith in communist prisons, says the following. The cruelty of atheism is hard to believe when man has no faith in the reward of good or the punishment of evil. There is no reason to be human. There is no restraint from the depths of evil which is in man. The communist torturers often said there is no God. No hereafter, no punishment for evil. We can do what we wish. I have heard one torturer even say, I thank God, in whom I don't believe that I have lived to this hour when I can express all the evil in my heart. 
He expressed it in unbelievable brutality and torture inflicted on prisoners. The English theologian Cardinal Newman once said that if he believed that all the evils and injustices of life throughout history were not to be made right by God in the afterlife, why, I think I should go mad, and rightly so. I think that accurately describes the dilemma the atheist has with his worldview, because he believes that he can get away with whatever he does and will never be paid back for what he has done. So, let me conclude before I go to closing off the story. If there is no God, there is no ultimate justice. Hitler walked away, Pol Pot walked away. All of them never paid for what they did. They escaped judgment by killing themselves. Ultimate justice also means um, ultimate reward. Every person that has unjustly suffered in this life will never be repaid for their pain and suffering. What a pitiful existence in a godless world that is. Secondly, if you have been wronged, take courage. Let God handle it. God can do a better job than you and believe you me. Every person will receive what is due them in this life or in the life to come. Now, let me move on to the story. And this wasn't part of the podcast until two days ago. So I prayed and I let this whole situation with this guy with the car, I just let it go. I handed it over to God. Now I've been talking to my sister about it. I've been talking to my parents about it. You know, I've mentioned to a few friends the situation, but nothing serious. I've basically just said, okay, well, this is just it. I'll have to try and fix the car myself. And, and you know, we've been driving around with a car that's not roadworthy. And and then suddenly, I, th I think it was on Wednesday or Tuesday, I received a message from this guy eventually, just randomly out of the blue. And I kid you not, I, I don't know what happened. I'm, I'm very honest with you. This is this is this is really evidence. If you if you ever doubted whether God actually is keeping an eye on stuff, th this story will help you believe that. And I I kid you not. He sent me a message. He said, "I hear that you want to deliver a summons at my house to go to court." And I just want to tell you that it, it won't be necessary. I'm, I'm, I would just like you to give me some information to fill in some documents for me so that we can resolve this thing. I was like, I messaged him back. I said to him, well, I've, I've got no idea what you're talking about. Where did you hear this? Who phoned you? Okay, so, so I sent him a message back. I said to him, hey man, I've got no idea about a summons. I've literally just given this whole scenario over to God. I've handed it over to God. You don't have to be concerned. I'm not going to sue you. There's nothing for you to be concerned about. You know what? I wish you and your family all the best. And I thought that would give him a little bit of a sense of comfort. He messaged me back. He said, no, no, no. Please, please. Here's the document. Fill in this document. Here's the number of my insurance lady. Please phone her. Just arrange with her. We've, we've got to get this thing resolved um blah 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 and here we are yesterday we filled in all the documents we've done some affidavits we sent through all the information ladies and gentlemen i never spoke to this guy again i only spoke to the god of heaven i don't know i literally don't know who phoned him because nobody that i know has got his number knows about the accident uh, and, and, and can actually get in contact with him myself and my wife we're the only people who, who know his name have his number and yet he says somebody phoned him and threatened him and said to him, 
he's got to resolve this. I don't know what the wording was. I don't know if it was threatening, but either way, this conversation that he had with somebody over the phone inspired him to do what is right. And I cannot stop him from doing this. And it was just such beautiful evidence for me that sometimes we don't have to take justice into our own hands. Sometimes we just got to do what Jesus did on the cross, entrusted to the Father of heaven and earth. Isn't it wonderful? Isn't it wonderful? To be a Christian, a disciple of Jesus, to know that there's a God who looks out for you, who does the impossible when you can't anymore, isn't it wonderful? And this is the reason why there are more than 3.2 billion Christians on the face of the planet today because they experience God to be real. They experience God to be real. And one of the lies that Satan wants to tell people is that there is no God so that you can do what you want so that there can't be ultimate judgment and so that you don't have to be held accountable for what you do in this life. But here's the beautiful thing. Christians aren't people who do everything right. Christians are just people who, who acknowledge and says, yeah, you know what? I cannot do everything right in this life and I need grace and I need the grace of God to cover me. Um, otherwise, I would never make it into God's presence. Guys, may God bless you this week. Have a fantastic week and we'll talk again next week. Bye-bye.